Which is it, Lord Jesus? We know that division, being divided from other people, is a fact of life. Unfortunately, we experience division within our own families. We experience it at work. We are divided in various ways through disagreements and the like with our co-workers. We experience division with our classmates in school, if we're still in school. We experience it in casual conversation with friends. We experience division in almost every situation and setting of life. Is that always bad? Or is it sometimes good? What confuses us, Lord Jesus, is the fact that in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, you prayed very hard for unity among your people. This was the night before you died. This was a prayer that came from the very depths of your heart. You said, Father, I pray that all may be one, as you are in me and I in you. I pray that they may be one in us, that the world might believe that you sent me. And yet, in today's Gospel text from Luke 12, you say to us, Lord Jesus, do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? I assure you the contrary is true. I have come for division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. So which is it, Lord Jesus? We need to know how these two statements can both be true, because they seem to contradict each other. We need to know this, Lord Jesus, so that we can be faithful to your words. As I reflected on this matter the other day in preparation for this homily, I came to realize that part of the solution to this problem lies in asking the right question. In retrospect, I think it's wrong to ask, is division always bad, or is it sometimes good? I think Jesus would tell us that division is never good in and of itself. It's never what God wants in a particular situation. But sometimes division can be tolerated because of the presence of human sin. So a better way to frame the question would be, is division always bad or can it be tolerated for a time in certain situations? This idea actually helps us to reconcile those two passages of scripture I mentioned a few moments ago. You see, in John 17, in that beautiful prayer Jesus prayed the night before he died, he's expressing the ideal that all people live lives of peace united in his truth. That's ideally what God wants. But Jesus was a realist. 
He knew that some men and women would not say yes to his will, would not say yes to what's right. And so he knew there would be division. And he knew that sometimes that division would happen within our own families. That's the message of Luke 12. And I know many of you in this church right now have experienced it firsthand in your families. A man in the parish said to me just the other day, my daughter is very upset with me. She's very upset with my wife. She wanted to come to visit us with her boyfriend. And we told her that she couldn't sleep in the same room with him because they aren't married. Now she's angry with us. Those parents are right. Their daughter is wrong. But because she refuses to do the right thing and insists on committing serious sin right under their roof, the family is divided. At least for the present moment. Division is never the ideal. But from our personal perspective, it can be tolerated for a time. If the division is caused by our faithfulness to God and someone else's unrepented sin. This incidentally was the situation that Jeremiah the prophet faced over and over again in his life and ministry. It's so appropriate that today's first reading came from his book in the Old Testament. Division followed Jeremiah everywhere precisely because he was faithful to God. And those around him, generally speaking, were not. In today's first reading, for example, we heard about the time that he was thrown into a muddy cistern and left there to die until a court official finally came to his rescue. That happened to Jeremiah because he was speaking God's word, God's word of truth, to the religious and civil leaders in the land of Judah. And they didn't like it. And what's really interesting here is that they, these evil leaders, actually accused Jeremiah of being the one who caused the division. They had a lot of nerve. They went to Zedekiah the king and said, Jeremiah ought to be put to death. He's demoralizing the soldiers who are left in this city and all the people by speaking such things to them. He's not interested in the welfare of our people, but in their ruin. If you are ever accused of causing division in a particular situation because you are trying to be obedient to God and His commandments in that situation, take some heart. <laughs> know that you're in good company. Jeremiah the prophet experienced the very same thing lots of times. This is just one example that we heard about today. Now, at this point, we all need to be careful. And we also need to be humble. There's an old saying, it takes two to tango. We all know it. 
Someone else's sin may be the initial cause of division in a certain situation. That girl who wants to stay in the same room with her boyfriend when she goes to visit her parents. That's an example. So someone else's sin may be the initial cause of the division. But sometimes our personal sin can add to the problem and drive the wedge more deeply between us and the other person. And we need to be humble and admit at least that possibility. A good example of this phenomenon, by the way, can be found in that DVD that John Broder was selling a few weeks ago here at church, Champions of Faith. As some of you know who saw the video, the first pr player profiled on that DVD is a man named Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney is a five-time all-star first baseman. Many of us have never heard of him because he plays on a terrible team, the Kansas City Royals. If he played on the Red Sox or the Yankees, the whole world would know who Mike Sweeney is. But anyway, back on August the 10th, 2001, Sweeney was at bat facing a man named Jeff Weaver. At the time, Weaver was pitching for the Detroit Tigers. I think he plays out in Seattle now, if I'm correct on that. Somebody can tell me afterward. But anyway, during the at-bat, Jeff Weaver shouted some rather uncharitable things at Mike Sweeney. Then he turned and walked off the back of the pitcher's mound. Well, Sweeney didn't like what he heard, and he charged at Weaver. The two got into a huge fight, one that eventually involved everybody on both teams. It was one of those classic bench-clearing brawls that you see and hear about every once in a while. Two weeks later, Mike Sweeney, who is a very devout Catholic, and also a youth minister at his parish in Kansas City. Two weeks later, Sweeney went to church for a youth group meeting. Well, as soon as he walked through the door, one of the teenage girls who was there ran up to him, and she was crying. And she said, Mr. Sweeney, Mr. Sweeney, why did you do that? I turned on the TV the other night, and I saw you charging the mound and fighting with that pitcher. That broke my heart. You let me down. Well, Sweeney apologized to her and she forgave him. But deep down inside, Mike Sweeney knew that wasn't enough. You see, Jeff Weaver had initially caused the division between them by his uncharitable remarks from the pitcher's mound. But Mike Sweeney knew that he had made the situation much worse by charging the mound and starting the fistfight. And yet, my brothers and sisters, for five years, he didn't do anything about it. There's a lesson there that really shows that sometimes even people who practice their faith regularly, even devout Christians, can block out God's grace. Well, finally, his conscience was bothering him so much that he decided to act. Just before Christmas last year, he got down on his knees and he prayed for strength. And he prayed 
that God would give him the right words because he knew what he was going to do was not going to be easy. And then he picked up the phone. And he called Jeff Weaver to apologize. He said, Jeff, this is Mike Sweeney. I come to you today and I want to ask you to forgive me for what happened five years ago. And to his great credit, Weaver did forgive him. Sweeney went on to say, you know, Jeff, I have a two-year-old boy. And someday, he's going to watch that video. And he's going to ask me, Daddy, why did you do that? And I want to be able to look my son in the eye and say, Son, I messed up. But in the end, I did the right thing. Division is never the ideal. If it's caused by someone else's sin, then we should pray for that person to repent and for reconciliation to occur. And we, for our part, need to keep the door open for that to happen. We can't close the door on that other person. If, on the other hand, the division is caused by our sin or made worse by it, then we need to follow the example of Mike Sweeney and humbly seek forgiveness without waiting for five years. Bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters, and I will conclude with this thought. Division can and division must be tolerated at times. But God wants us, and Almighty God expects us to do everything we possibly can to make the divisive situation only a temporary one.